Welcome to Prayer Storm Podcast. We trust that it will be a blessing to you and that it will stir you and equip you to be all God calls you to be. Amen. Hi, everyone. Um, I don't know if you feel or sense or can just pick up on what's going on in the spirit, but there's such an atmosphere of breakthrough. And I, how many of you were here last week? You know, we stepped into something significant that just seems to be carrying on this week. Well, we just need to keep going from glory to glory. That's all I want to say. <laughs> so let's not kind of back down from this kind of breakthrough that God is releasing in worship and in his presence. Something is really going on in the spirit. And I'm excited about that. Um, if you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to turn to Mark 6. I'm going to be sharing uh, something that uh, I've been journeying with uh, over a month Plus, uh, and it's something that God has been just stirring my heart in, in a revelation of him. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to you in some ways. Uh, the Lord is opening my eyes to different dimensions of who he is. And we've been on this series uh, talking about miracles, signs, and wonders. And uh, I'm going to be sharing about supernatural provision today. Anyone would like to see some supernatural provision? Just out of interest, anyone seen supernatural provision in your personal life? Hands up. Okay, okay. Well, I believe God wants to do more of that. Uh, however, I think God does these things for a reason. Uh, God is spirit, and he is not concerned about material things. And it's a shame when we as believers fix our gaze on mostly material things. Uh, and I'm not here to kind of just talk about name it and claim it, as some people would say, where it's all about just having a comfortable life in the natural. I believe God wants his people to be equipped to do everything he's called them to do. So whatever God blesses us with, it's all about him and it's all about the kingdom. Are you hearing me? God sent people are not on the earth to extract materialism off the earth. God sends people on the earth to display a glory that cannot be found in the things of the earth. So we're not just here just to have a comfortable life. If you don't believe me, ask Paul the Apostle. He was a man of God, and trust me, he did not have a comfortable life. But he knew supernatural provision. He knew God breaking through. And he also knew times where it seemed like God wasn't breaking through. So as believers, we need to understand how to journey with God in different seasons. And oftentimes I find that the journey that God takes us through, there are many lessons he wants us to learn. But we're so quick to want to get to the end result, we're not concerned about the process. And I'm realizing that there's a lot more God is wanting me to learn through the process more than I realize. Um, and there's some miracles I'm going to share with you that I've experienced in my personal life that uh, just baffle me. And as I try to meditate on them, and as I try to think through them, I'm realizing there is something God is trying to show me I am not always getting until I just take a pause and go, Lord, you did that. Why did you do it that way? And why did you come at that time? And how come you used that person? And, all, and I start to examine the miracle. I realize the miracle, as we heard in the previous weeks, it's a sign that's pointing to something. Many of us just, uh, just rest at the sign. God does something, we're like, yay God, thank you so much for that miracle. And we like move on to the next miracle or we're expecting the next breakthrough. Uh, and, and we totally forget about what God has done in the previous season. I love this verse. I'm going to come to Mark in a few moments, but I want to read this verse. Psalm 1037, talking about Moses. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. 
the children of Israel were kind of familiar with the miracles of God. But the miracles of God did not change them. They were just familiar with the acts of God, whereas Moses wanted to know the ways of God. Are you hearing me? So the ways of God is getting into the heart of God, getting into a deeper level of relationship. Like the children of Israel in captivity, we often don't really want God. We just want our freedom. The children of Israel did not so much want God as they wanted freedom from slavery. However, Moses used the exodus from Egypt as a means to know God. We can get freedom from slavery and not have God. We can have a miracle of God happen to us, but not change us because it didn't happen in us. So miracles are not just, yay God, amazing. Actually, they're signs that are pointing to something deeper. But I don't know about you, but far too often we stay at the surface of the moves of God and don't allow the things God's doing to change us on the inside because it's almost like the miracles have assignments behind them. And we just settle for the acts of God we don't enter into the ways of God. And I feel like God has been challenging me lately to begin to break down and examine the miracles I've experienced in my life and begin to enter into the nature of God through those miracles. We often use the Holy Spirit as a means to get a miracle instead of using the desire for a miracle as a means to know the Holy Spirit. So the miracle is not just about your personal breakthrough and deliverance. God is about the journey, is about the process, and is about you being changed. Yes, you've seen provision. Yes, you've seen healing. But how has that changed you and how you relate with God? How has that changed your perspective of God? So now let's look at Mark 6. We're going to read from verse 45. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent his, the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening had come, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining and rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, so that's about 3 a.m., Jesus came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. Just know those words. He would have passed them by. So it sounds like he wasn't intending to stop. And then when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed there was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were deeply troubled. <laughs> well, I guess you'd be troubled if you see someone walking on the water at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> But immediately he talked with them and said, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled, verse 52, for they had not, for they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. I have been just thinking through this over and over over the last month or so uh, because the Lord has just been uh, just stirring my heart and, and I've not been able to move away from it. 
Um, and there's a lot that, uh, that can be said about these verses, but there's just a few things I'll highlight uh, this morning. And I, I believe God is going to use this to kind of just minister to us in terms of how he's wanting us to go deeper in our relationship with him through the miracles that he releases in our lives. So the background to this story is uh, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. They've had an incredible breakthrough. And Jesus said to the disciples, go over to the other side. And uh, you can read some of this in uh, Matthew 14. Jesus is emotionally exhausted, I believe, because before he crossed over to the side of the sea where the miracle of the 5,000 happened, he had just received the news about John the Baptist being beheaded. Okay, so John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. You can't tell me Jesus did not feel any pain at hearing that news. So he's trying to find some quiet space. But the multitudes see him, so they ran across and got there before him. And here he has 5,000 people, excluding women and children. And uh, he's moved with compassion. He feeds the 5,000. It's late. He's tired physically. He's tired emotionally. And do you know what he does? He goes and watches Netflix. He's tired physically, he's tired emotionally, and he goes and just chill out and just flesh out. No, he chose to climb a mountain. That's kind of not reasonable in the natural mind, okay? So before he climbs the mountain, though, he sends his disciples away. He made them get in the boat to go to the other side. And then he climbs the mountain, and this is about evening, okay? So... Let's just imagine maybe this is around 8, 9 p.m. Okay, his disciples get in the boat. They're going to the other side. Okay, he goes on the mountaintop to pray. So the Bible says about the fourth watch, which is 3 a.m. So let's just say he sent them away about 9, 10 p.m. Just, just to be conservative. He's been on the mountain about five hours praying, and the disciples have still not got to the other side. Because they're struggling to get to the other side. So he gets to the top of the mountain. I'm convinced he must have talked to the Father God about what just happened with John the Baptist. He's on the mountaintop having his experience with God. And supernaturally, he can see what's going on with the disciples. They're struggling to get to the other side. So he comes up the mountain. And like you casually do, he starts to walk from the land straight onto water. (laughs) Now, note this. The disciples are drowning in the water that he's walking on. Do you know why he was able to walk on what they were drowning in? It's because of where he was coming from. He did not pray at the bottom of the mountain because then the mountain would have been the big thing that he's, you know, the the problem would have been this huge thing. He prayed from the top of the mountain because he had a different perspective there. He wasn't praying from worry or anxiety or fear. Something shifted about his perspective, about his circumstances, and from the place of encounter, he was now able to walk on what others were drowning in. So now he's walking on the water, At 3 a.m., his disciples see him walking on the water, and they freak out. Now, I would freak out, I don't know about you, if you're in a boat at 3 a.m., and you see someone walking on the water. That is is not normal. That that is kind of like, whoa, what what is this? Okay, and the Bible says he intended to pass them by. So it's almost as though 
if they didn't notice him, he would have just walked past them. So the disciples freak out, and obviously, uh, you read other accounts of this. This is the same time where Peter walks on water, okay? So Peter walks on water, which is another amazing thing, okay? So that is mind-blowing that your kind of friend and colleague, you're seeing them right there before your eyes walk on water, okay? So put this together. They've seen like a ghost, they think, and it's Jesus. They're, they're amazed. Then their friend is walking on water, and then according to John's version of this story, when Jesus gets in the boat, this is in John 6, 21, as soon as Jesus gets in the boat, the boat supernaturally is translated to the other side. Okay, now, if you put all that together, tell me your mind as a human will not be blown away by all this stuff you've just seen. Because I'm thinking, one, a guy walking on water, two, my friend walking on water, three, supernaturally translated, the wind and the storm seized the moment Jesus stepped on the boat. This is a, a side note, but it's very necessary. For some people, you're going through storms, and the fact that you're going through the storm does not mean you're out of God's will. Because the disciples were going through a storm while they were in the will of God for their life. You could be in the perfect will of God for your life and going through the perfect storm of your life. So here they are, they're doing what God told them to do, but yet they feel like they're making no progress, okay? And here comes Jesus. Jesus is walking on the water. Jesus is what? The Word of God. The Word of God that needs to be with them while they're going through their storm is not in their boat. That's like many believers. You come to church, you're hearing the Word, but you are not actually taking time to get the Word into you. So you're going through the storm, complaining about everything around you, as opposed to allowing the Word to speak into you, not just by the preacher, because you're hearing what God is doing in me. How about you take what God, I might take the Word of God and let God do something in you. It's not just second-hand revelation. He wants to give you first-hand revelation. It's not about who do men say that I am. He's now saying, who do you say that I am? In the middle of your lack, in the middle of your problems, who do you say that I am? It's not who did Pastor Joe say that I am on Sunday. It's not who did, you know, your favorite preacher say that I am on Sunday or at a meeting you went to. Who do you say that I am? He wants you to have a personal revelation. So it's time to get Jesus in the boat. It's time to get the word into you. Because what you get in is what comes out. And many of you, maybe you've not been getting the word into you. So you're going through the storm wondering why the word is not coming out. Well, have you been putting the word in? Or have you been putting all Netflix in? Because that's what you put in, that's not going to help you. So Jesus gets in the boat. There's supernatural translator to the other side. And then these verses, these are the verses that really just got me. And why I have just been thinking about these words uh, for some time now. Verse 52, verse 51 actually. Then he went up into the boat and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Remember what I said? All these things put together, you are going to marvel. I will marvel if that was me. He says, for they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. I don't know if that stuns you as it stuns me. <laughs> of course, I will be amazed that I've just seen all this crazy stuff. But the Bible is saying, they were amazed and they, were, they marveled beyond measure for they did not understand about the miracle of provision that had just taken place. 
because their hearts were hardened. When it says their hearts were hardened, another way to interpret that is their hearts were dull. They were insensitive. They lacked revelation as to what God did through the miracle of provision. So that tells me the miracle of provision was more than just the 5,000 being fed. There was a lot more Jesus wanted the disciples to pick up from that miracle than they did. Because if they picked up the lessons Jesus wanted them to learn from that miracle of the 5,000, we will not have verse 52 in the Bible of, in Mark 6. For they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. So that makes me start to think, well, what happened with the loaves and the fishes? It was it was just a miracle of provision. What is it about that miracle that they didn't get? And you know what that's making me think? Lord, what is it about the miracles of provision in my life I don't get about what you're trying to show me? What are you trying to speak to me about the fact that one day I'm in the office and uh, my PA says to me, James, we need 5,000 pounds this month. And I'm like, oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> one hour later, an email comes through, 5,000 pounds has been given by someone I've never met before. I don't know. I emailed the person, oh, thank you for that gift, uh, because we just literally, we're just talking about the fact that that's our need for this month. He says, hey, uh, you don't know me, but I was praying last night, and God said, send 5,000 to prayer storm. I'm like, wow, okay, I'm, Lord, what are you trying to say to me about that? Oh, about the miracle where I'm praying with my staff team in the office, well, we need about 3,000 pounds today, uh, but not necessarily that day, but for this month, we need a breakthrough, and we just say, Lord, we need some breakthrough right now. Uh, you know, as we just pray, as we know how to pray. Father, we know you're the God of provision. We finished praying. My phone rings. The guy's on the phone. He says, hey, James, I just feel stirred, and I want to give you 3,000 pounds. Lord, what are you trying to teach me about that? Oh, the time where we were believing God for breakthroughs, financial breakthroughs, and they didn't come. The faith goal wasn't met. Because now I told you about the testimony of faith goal being met. There are other testimonies where the faith goal wasn't met. Month one passed, month two passed. I'm like, oh, God, but, but you did that miracle last month. And it was just like that. What's going on this month? Okay, Lord, I believe in you. I'm kind of stirring up my faith. Lord, I know you're the same yesterday and forever. You did it yesterday. Do it again today. I'm praying. But month five goes. Month six goes. Faith goal is not being met. And, you know, it's like the money is, is accumulating of what we need, like breakthroughs. Now, we're not missing paying bills. We're just like, oh, God, please help us because this is about to crumble right now. But you did it instantly the last time, and this time you're not doing it instantly. What's going on, Lord? We're praying. Went to a season of fasting, not for finances, but just praying and fasting because when the season of praying and fasting, the Lord reveals to us that this time around, he's not just going to release the miracle just like that because he wants to train, he wants to train us in warfare. By revelation, it shows us that there is a demonic assignment over our finances. And then he starts to teach us how to pray. We start to pray in one way. The word the Lord gave us, there's a python spirit on your finances. So we, we're caught in the head of this. And as Lord, we're caught in the head of this python spirit in the name of Jesus. Anyway, we had a dream. Every time we caught the head of this thing, another head grew back. And then my wife was in a meeting once, and some prophet that doesn't know her from anywhere says, hey, stand up, you are the back. There's a python spirit on your finances. And the Lord is saying to you that in the next 10 days, money is going to be put in your hand to show you that he's breaking you out. The two days later, we received a check for 15,000 pounds. So I'm saying, Lord, what are you trying to show me about that miracle? Or the other miracle where 
It took two years before the breakthrough came. In fact, that one just happened more recently. We are contending for finances to be released to get certain things that we need as a ministry. Lord, you know, month one, month two, we put in the budget. We're believing, Lord, we need 25,000. Actually, I'm like, Lord, we need 30,000 pounds to do these things. And months are going by and opportunities are passing us by where we actually need this equipment to do certain things we're not able to do. I'm like, Lord, we need this money. Lord, provide it. The last time I remember you did it uh, supernaturally instantly. And then this other time, I remember that you showed us how to warfare. So this time, okay, we're doing all the warfare we know how to do. Warfaring, declaring, but nothing is happening. I'm like, Lord, the last time warfare did it, the time before that, we didn't even warfare. We just believed that you did it. But this time around, it's now a year and the miracle hasn't happened. A year, six months and the miracle hasn't happened. Lord, we need this money. Lord, we are desperate. We've got to have a breakthrough. And then not long after that, I meet with someone, okay? Now, this is a friend and you get to see what I'm trying to say. He's, he's a very blessed friend. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I meet with this guy, and, 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 you know, we're just talking. I said, what do you guys need at the moment? And, you know, are we just talking about prayer storm? And I said, you know, we're just believing God for some finances to, uh, uh, to get some equipment that we actually need of at this moment. And we're believing for about 30,000 pounds. He has some other questions. I'm like, okay. He's like, okay, leave it with me. Maybe a few weeks later, uh, I am in the, actually, not a few weeks later. In that season, I am in a, in a bit of a storm in my relationships with certain people on my team. And things are not quite right, but they needed to be sorted out. And I love some of the messages we've been hearing about uh, Sandy. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, you might need to refer back to some of the messages that's come out of Pastor Joe in the last few months. It basically means like people, there's some people God sends into your life that are like sandpaper to roughen out the edges. Is that right? <laughs> to smooth out, sorry, to smooth out the rough edges. That's what I meant to say. And we're calling those people the Sandys. <laughs> so next time they're calling you on the phone, you're like, oh, Sandys. So in fact, I'm not sure it was Pastor Joe or Stacey that say, you might need to rename some people's name on your phone. Maybe they're called, let's use Joe for example. Maybe they're called Joe. You might put Sandy Joe. <laughs> so next time they're calling you on the phone, you're like, oh, Sandy's calling. I better be ready for this one. Now, you know, th th there was those kind of relationships going on in my life. And, um, and you know, it's just life. As you journey through life, there are relational conflicts that happen that actually sometimes God allows for you to grow in. Love confronts and love covers. There are times where things need to be let go of, but there are times where you need to talk face to face. When your brother has an order against you, a sin against you, what did Jesus say? Go to everyone else in the church apart from them. That's what most people do. God said, oh yeah, he did this, he did this. So I was in one of those situations, and I knew I had to meet with this person. We had to talk things through. It took a while. It was a stormy meeting. We talked things through. We prayed, and everything was fine. And that's me. My personality type is, if I'm upset with you, you're going to know it. Because <laughs> I can't fake it. I'm not one of those that's like, hey, and looking very happy to your face, while inside I'm really annoyed. That's not me. If I'm annoyed, you're going to see it on my face, okay? So, <laughs> so and, and once we're done... So sorting out the issues is just as though nothing has happened and I'm ready to move on with our relationship. And in fact, the relationship gets deeper because now we've just come through another a storm so we kind of know each other better. Are you with anyone who's not talking about here? Okay, that's just the way it functions. So we had this, re we resolved this uh, issue right there. As we resolved the issue, we prayed and they went off. I went into the office 
I turn to my computer, write on my computer as an email. Hey, James, um, uh, but this is weeks after uh, I, I, I'd met this person that I said is a very blessed friend. <laughs> they said to me, hey, James, um, I was just thinking about you and just felt after our last meeting, um, we just felt like we want to, I, I want to give, want to give into uh, your need for uh, purchasing these equipment. We've just had a tax rebate of 30,000 pounds. So we feel like we should give that towards the purchasing of your equipments. You understand what I mean when I say my a very blessed friend? A tax rebate of 30,000 pounds. <laughs> I mean, who gets a tax rebate of 30,000 pounds? <laughs> so I'm not like, I, I, I read the email and I'm just physically shaking at my desk. Like, I can't believe what just happened. But then I am also looking at all the previous miracles of provision. And I'm thinking, Lord, what are you trying to say to me about this miracle? I'm not just going to sit here and go, yeah, God, amen, God, thank you, God, and then just wait for the next breakthrough. Or wait till the next need arises, and I'm like, oh, yeah, God, what, you know, God, yes, you did it back then, you can do it again. I'm realizing that God is wanting me to enter into something about his nature, because that 